Welcome to the Most of the Best Podcast, a podcast for agricultural entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Trey Wasserberger. Okay, guys, Trey Wasserberger here, Most of the Best Podcast, being joined by uh, Bill O'Neill, who's the CEO of Vion Environmental Technologies. A big uh, announcement this week. I've had a lot of listeners, a lot of customers, and a lot of uh, people involved in the industry call one about what's going on with our partnership with Bion uh, Environmental Technologies here in North Platte. So I'm going to introduce Bill. He's the CEO of uh, Bion Environmental Technologies. He's shown us the way, and he's the guy, and he's going to answer all our questions. So thanks for being on, sir. Trey, thank you. I really appreciate it. So uh, let's where where did it all begin, sir? Let's hear about it. Yeah, where did it all begin? So so Bion is a um, it's a it's a really interesting company in that it's it's literally 30 years old. It's been around since the late 80s, and and the company's focus has always been on environmental solutions as it relates to agriculture, um, sugar, citrus. Uh, but then really focused a lot on livestock waste. Um, um, uh, the hog lagoons in North Carolina and some in Utah and dairy up in Pennsylvania. Um, so so that's what the company has always done, basically created some engineering opportunities or engineering solutions, I, sh- I should say. Um, and then And then really focused on more of a, what I referred to as a policy-driven um, solution related to the government and nutrient uh, credits and whatnot. That was in Pennsylvania. That's like 12 years ago. That's when I was first introduced to Bion. And after um, after working with them a little bit, I was like, ah, this is probably not for me from the standpoint that, again, we were focused on a government um, solution with uh, trying to clean up the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and quite frankly, they're still working on that because that's the way the government goes sometimes, um, or most of the time, I should say. But anyway, um, Dominic Bassani, who is the CEO of, of Bion, reached out to me about a year and a half ago and said, Bill, I know what you said about Bion in the past, but we we have pivoted and we have a, a solution um, thanks to tweaking our technology that we think really does um, exactly what what you were asking us to do a while ago, and sure enough, when I got into a tray, I thought it, this is this is perfect, perfect from the standpoint that it, it was um, that we could take it to the market and work with cattle feeders like yourself and really create a completely different business model for the cattle feeder. And so I looked at it, Trey, that it, it's all about. First of all, I'm a business guy. I've got 30 plus years in the meat industry. I've always focused on selling what's next, that kind of stuff. So I looked at this and said, first of all, it's got to be viable from an economic standpoint. It's got to do something for the, in, in this case, for the cattle feeder that uh, that really adds value. And Bion checked all those boxes for me. Then secondly, it really came the whole idea of uh, from an environment standpoint um, and and can this really make um, cattle feeding can it really make a product beef uh, truly sustainable and again when because I'm a beef marketer at heart I love selling meat that we can truly differentiate 
I really dug into that and walked away saying, absolutely, this is a this is a um, a home run. So that's when we started reaching out um, to uh, various folks, and um, and actually I I had reached out to I became the CEO of Bion on May 1st, and I think on May 2nd I reached out to Bill Rupp, who I've known for quite some time, and and said because I knew that if I could get Bill Rupp um, interested in Bion, that it would. It would be something. I knew that it needed to pass his test um, of, you know, is this real or or not? <laughs> so that's that's really what um, that's how it started. I reached out to a couple other industry folks that I'm also uh, close to and really value their opinion, and we started down that road. And then, long story short, and probably that was in May, and it, by September. Um, Bill started to agree that this uh, that this could really be a game changer, as as he called it, and that led uh, that led to a conversation with you and Kirk and um, and talking about how this thing could really work. In the meantime, we'd also worked with a um, a couple of great guys in uh, in Delhart, Texas. It's uh, called Ribbon Wire Ranch, and um, and Ribbon Wire really is focused. Um, uh, on a much smaller niche, uh, organic niche of uh, a product that's been their primary product, but um, but all along what we're what, what we have really focused on is someone who who agrees with us or shares our vision that um, sustainable should be a cornerstone of a business strategy. Um, and honestly, when uh, when we met um, you and Kirk, it was like this is. This is perfect. We definitely shared that that vision. So again, that that's what makes this so exciting uh, for us is that um, is that you guys really do see uh, sustainability as being key um, in, in a in a really important cornerstone to your uh, to your strategy. Yeah, which we love. I mean, Kirk and I always talk about how we don't invest in projects; we invest in people. And it seems to be that like, that is the, you know, when you draft your team, I'll use a Bill Rupp analogy because we're talking about him, but you know, he wants to be the offensive coordinator. He wants to be up in the box behind the scenes, calling the shots, but he wants to also draft his team around him. Sure. And uh, the world is full of talent and uh, he, but he he'll take work ethic over talent any day. And so you try to build your team and we met together and, and he came out to our Cal camp facility and, and toured the potential site and, uh, what we believed in and it's just like kind of our other partnership um with our uh, sustainable beef and and the retailer and that is uh we came together and we kind of had the same vision and same goal sustainability and, and it's always been our problem as cattle feeders to say we're sustainable and regenerative and conservationist but it's been right. another thing to track it and, and verify it and um, be able to actually prove that we are sustainable so tell me how this all works at, and what kind of facility this is and where we can verify it all the way through the supply chain. But tell me more about the facility and what it does. Sure. So so the facility, again, lots of people, Trey, have asked, um, why beef? I mean, this is a waste treatment technology. Um, and what, why start with beef when you could already you could you could deal with pork? You could deal with uh, dairy. You could deal with with poultry because your technology handles all of those um, all of those waste streams. 
And the reason that uh, that we chose beef really was because we think it makes it, it will make the biggest impact on beef, biggest impact from an um, economic standpoint, biggest impact from an environmental standpoint. And actually, I, I think the biggest impact from a consumer um, and, uh, standpoint, and I'm talking about building trust with the uh, with the consumer. So the facility itself and the and the, the challenge that I saw was, as I just mentioned, all these other protein uh, livestock proteins had already moved indoors for 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 various reasons. But really, the the um, efficiencies that they gained uh, by moving it indoors was uh, was a, a, a major driver for them. So we're looking at moving cattle feeding from, again, as a, what I refer to as an outdoor sport into an indoor sport as well. And that and the only reason that we're doing that, Trey, is so that we can quickly collect the waste stream. Um, I know that today there's a lot of folks talking about rolled concrete in a digester and calling it good. And my answer to that is that's a start. Um, but it, it's but it's not it's not good. It it doesn't it doesn't accomplish what at least what we're trying to accomplish from a sustainability standpoint. Because when that waste drops on if it's dirt or if it's concrete, the clock is ticking, and you literally have a couple hours before you've lost the ammonia um, and and the methane that's associated with that waste before you've lost that to the environment. In our in our system, again, the cattle are moved indoors, they're on slatted floors uh, with, uh, with a rubber covering, um, and they're above, so uh, again, as the waste drops, it's dropping three, three and a half feet, where it is then mechanically collected. Again, a big part. We're not we're not like the a lot of the hog farms that are um, that are water flushing systems and whatnot or dairy for that matter. Uh, we want to mechanically uh, collect that, so we're constantly pushing that down um, into the conditioning part of our system, which will then um, run from conditioning into the anaerobic digester. So, the digester is a is a important part of our of our system. But it's not the system. Um, it really, honestly, just sets us up to do what our real technology, the patented technology that Bion has created uh, over the last 10 years, especially. It, that digester creates and really isolates the ammonia molecule for us. And that's really what we're after. Yep, we do take advantage of the uh, biogas, just like just like dairy, just like pork, it, it, just like those folks are doing today. And they're and they're um, uh, recovering that biogas and marketing it along with getting the credits from LCFS and, and whatnot from California and, and some other states. But uh, what we're really after in the scheme of things, and, and you know this from from all the discussions we've had, but in the scheme of things, that's really um, not the important part of our re revenue um, stream that uh, that we're going to create. And again, I, I know you've asked me to run through it, so I, I'll just run through it, and, I, and then I'll get back to the revenue because that's the important part of this whole deal. But then, so we we pull off the uh, the biogas, and this is important for anybody who's who's talking about real sustainability. 
out of that digester that everybody runs today, right? All these dairies and pork and whatnot. Out of that digester in our situation, we're talking about a 15,000 head operation, okay? Just a single unit of our, of our operation. That's, gonna, that's going to generate 4 million pounds of CO2 out of that digester, which would just escape to the environment. And again, everybody talks about sustainability. That's a that's a, that's not a, a great uh, sustainable practice. I mean, letting the CO2 get into the environment. Our technology takes that CO2, actually um, combines it with that ammonia molecule, and voila, we end up with a dry, pelletized, um, uh, organic, low-carbon fertilizer that can be then precisely applied. It, it can be shipped anywhere but then could be uh, precisely applied on the field so that you're getting the exact, you know, exactly what you want, where you want it. Um, then out of the, uh, out of that system, we actually are recovering or we're creating, however you want to say it, um, nine in this 15,000 head operation, 9 million gallons of clean water that can then be used either back for, uh, for the, for the herd or can be used for, uh, for crops whatever if we run it through a, a, um, an additional membrane system it can be used for humans if uh, if that's what we cho- we choose to do um, and honestly Trey that's the that's the deal is that again if you remember what I said was it, the economics of this are, were the important thing um, to start with anyway so what we do is we take we take your operation, and you run it just the way you always run it, and you profit just the way you've always profited on it. And then we lay on top of that the the revenue associated with with the uh, with the biogas that I talked about, with the fertilizer that I talked about, um, uh, and we have to add on the solar panels, which will go on the southern facing uh, surfaces of the uh, of the roofs of, of these barns, and that'll generate a um, a fairly significant uh, revenue for us as well. All of that basically um, gets split between uh, between you and uh, and us. And um, and this is the important thing. I know, and I and I'm a believer in this trade. There is no such thing as a free lunch, and there isn't. A, and this isn't a free lunch. But I, but we're not asking you, the cattle feeder, to invest a dime in this. Um, uh, that I think is the secret sauce of what Bion is uh, is bringing to the table. We're what we want to do is to create a an incredible system here that attracts um, uh, public or, uh, private financing, and we've and we've been out talking with lots of uh, different financial folks about what we're doing um, and what our plans are, so that so that they will actually uh, jump in and um, and uh, and finance these uh, the various projects that uh, that we have going on so anyway that's I that's a that's an overview anyway I, I think I went on a little too long but that's what well, I'm talking I, about. I got a quick question you you're you're in a different uh, stage than a lot of agricultural producers um, you're in a lot of you know talking to fortune 500 companies and large corporations do do they like this story of sustainability? Do they want verification? Do they do they want to know where their food comes from? What do you hear from these large corporations and Fortune 500 companies when you meet with them? 
Absolutely. That I mean, that's that's what they all say, Trey. And again, I'm I'm not trying to be a skeptic here. I think that a lot of folks say a lot of things, but I and and just try and check the boxes and um, say, yep, we're uh, we're sustainable or we're really involved in ESG and we're we're a, and we're transparent. Um, and what you and I are doing is the real deal. Um, we take that uh, your know-how, combine it with Bion's technology, add in another technology called TransparencyWise that can truly track the, these things from beginning to end, use blockchain and deliver it in a consumer-facing app on the package so the consumer can scan the package and see exactly where, when, and how, and who produced this, uh, this product. Um, we make it really personal um, for that. Uh, we, uh, I, I just noticed that AMC is going to have their convention in Dallas this year, and it's a personalized protein. Well, I think you and I are, are leading that, uh, um, that charge because that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, with this, my brother, my brother's a surgeon and uh, spent some time at Mayo Clinic and and did his uh, fellowship there. And I talked to him the other day. I sent him our press release, and he said, "Wow, that's really cool. People want your beef and know where it comes from, but we also want to know you're not raping the environment." Quote end quote. Yeah. And I said, "Is that your belief?" He goes, "No, that's that's a common belief of the, my clients." Yeah. I think he's right. And again, I think I think when when the fact that it's not just us saying it, it's not just uh, proclaiming, yep, okay, we're we're uh, we're sustainable. We're going to be able to actually show people out of out of your facility how many how many uh, pounds of CO2 are actually being um, used and, and, and recovered and used. We're going to be able to show them how many MMBTUs are actually being created. It will be a digitized deal. You and I will see it and we'll have to decide just how we're going to uh, to use that from a consumer standpoint. But, um, but as far as fertilizer, as far as 9 million gallons of clean water, in your case, that's more like 27 million gallons of clean water annual. I mean, it's 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 verified. It's real real numbers, real data. Um, that again, it's not just somebody saying it. It's uh, it's being verified. Yeah, it's being verified. It's a, it's a huge. You kind of talked 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 on a little bit about sustainability, and that was something I'll be very very um, upfront about when we started our uh, processing facility uh, project. Sustainability was a huge buzz buzzword. And we really had no idea how to, to um, define it. And it's still being defined today. You can look it up in the, in the, in the dictionary, and, and we all have our own different models. But, you know, sustainability is a proclamation that of your past, future, and present, in my opinion. And it's, yeah. yes, we are sustainable because, you know, our family's been ranching for 100-plus years. And look what we're doing today, you know, with Bion. And we're not only um, regenerating water, but we're re you know, recreating it. And then also in the future, this is in a way to retain and keep young talent in agriculture and cattle feeding, which is by far the smallest, uh, most centralized sector of the industry. Uh, very much so. And it's because we've 
it's very, very hard to be a young man and come up with the capital and then make it, you know, make money. I mean, I had a very, very large player um, in, in the industry who owns a very, very large corporate bank. And I said, sir, why don't, why don't you want to get involved in this? And he said, Trey, cattle feeding is 10% of my portfolio and it can yeah. lose the most money. Yeah. And I've always, I've, I've had, I've had so many friends in the industry say, uh, uh, cattle in general is a great way to make a small fortune out of a large one. Um, yeah. that's, that's, and I think that that's true. So, so my definition, Bion's definition of sustainability really has to do with, and it's a, re, it's a really old one, Trey, but it, it has to do with profit. It has to do with people and it has to do with the planet. And, and where those three circles intersect, that's, that's sustainability. And I think that that's, again, I think that's the key to, uh, to buy on is that that's where we live. We, um, with the system that we're creating, we can um, obviously, as as we've already talked about, the profit side of it, we can we can generate significant profits for uh, for cattle feeders and um, and for producers d- down the line. I mean, uh, so that we can be sure that um, that uh, that we're creating that supply chain that uh, of cattle that we really want. Um, and then on the people side, I think that. Uh, and again, I, as you said, I've been I've been um, in your at your place, um, and it's incredible. It's incredibly clean, and uh, and the air is uh, much clearer than other places that I've been. Uh, for example, in the Panhandle and whatnot, where again, what I and you're talking to a meat uh, a meat guy, not a cattle guy. Uh, and when I the first time I drove through Delhart to meet Doug and Chad, I'm I'm like what the hell is this in the air? And it was just what I ended up saying, calling it shust. It's that combination of poop and dust, but it coats, it coats everything. It's always there. And as Doug said to me, um, after we ended up talking for a couple of months and agreeing to do a deal, it's like, he said, I'm really kind of embarrassed um, because I've lived with this and my kids have lived with this our whole life. And now I, I see that there's, I mean, there's a different way of doing this because when in our system, we, we should eliminate that. Now, again, I didn't see that in your, in your system. You didn't have that, um, that, that error, just whatever. But again, from a people standpoint, community standpoint, I think that's a big deal. And obviously on the planet side, I think what we're doing is, is really important. Um, and I think it makes for an incredible opportunity for a marketer to differentiate themselves uh, to the consumer and to really show um, why this product, how this product is made and why it's different. So you, you talk about just uh, here's our little story. We're very, very proud of our facility and our cow camp facility and how it drains. It's very, very modern and innovative, how feed yards in compared to today and took a lot of dirt work to do it. You've seen how it all funnels to the lagoon and we scrape our pens every day. And we also, you know, have water control and, and, and an abundance of water in the Ogallala Aquifer. We actually got to show uh, a big financing firm with our partner in the plant. And we said, our, you know, 
we were in the feed yard and we we're like we're very very proud of how clean we are and how upkeep we are and and how there's little to no odor and he this guy looked at me and he goes it smells different and i'm like it does and he goes i yes it does it's it's i don't i don't enjoy it and i can't smell anything right and, and so that just tells you you know you're talking about you're a meat guy i'm a cattle guy you bring somebody from walmart or bentonville arkansas it smells different no matter what we can do yeah. and, yeah. and Bion, Bion helps with that so Oh, it helps a lot. I, you know, I've I've been uh, I've been up in Iowa um, working with Bill Rubis and some other guys up there from TenCorp on these uh, on these barns and have gone through a bunch of them. To and uh, and we're working with uh, Dr. Lily Edwards Calloway from CSU um, on the animal uh, welfare side of this thing to make sure that as we design these, it's with the animals in mind. Um, but I was shocked. And again, these are just deep pitted uh, slatted floor barns. So, you know, they get pumped out twice a twice a year. So you got 14 feet, basically, of, of poop. And the odor was it was really I was very impressed by it. The lack yeah. of odor. It was like, wow. And the lack of flies and whatnot. Yeah. And again, our system that that waste is just going to be collected constantly. Um, it should, it'll be even less than uh, than what I experienced when I was in Iowa. And again, I think that is that's the cool thing. That along with the fact that we could again the environmental impact the um, uh, or permitting again that's that's what that's what uh, Dominic and and the um, and the founders of uh, of this idea at Bion that was their whole idea was you we need to do this in a way that generates incredible. Uh, economic benefits, but really uh, changes the way people, communities, other people think of uh, of cattle feeding. Yeah, for sure. You kind of hit up on it earlier about transparency wise. Tell tell us yeah. about tell us about that project. So transparency wise is a uh, that was a COVID project that um, my wife and I started together. Um, I wasn't working with Bion at the time. And the whole idea was, uh, after lots of years, 25 years plus of going to meet conventions and coming uh, and always hearing the consultants say the consumer wants to know where their meat is coming from and they want to know how to cook it. And because, believe it or not, they don't know how to cook it and and they don't know what the benefits are, yada, 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 all of that stuff. So COVID hits, I can't travel, and that's that's dangerous uh, because I've spent all my life traveling, and it's really dangerous for my wife, or it's probably more dangerous for my health than, than my wife's. But but anyway, we we came back from Nashville where the uh, meat conference was that year. Unbeknownst to us, we had we we had COVID, we just didn't know it, like a lot of other people that were at that thing. But uh, we came back and start and as once it, we realized this thing is really going to be locked down, we started working on how do we use technology just to just to show people um, how to use this product. So I mean, and it was a family affair. My son got involved. Yada yada yada. Fast forward. And it was really cool. I mean, for me, I was looking at this saying, scan this uh, this piece of meat. And again, not, you can get all these recipes for it, but then you can actually a video with my son and his girlfriend cooking, uh, cooking the steak, showing 
uh, how to cook it, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward, thank God, um, Bayon came along and Bayon um, takes me away from Transparency Wise full time. And Sarah and, um, uh, and one of our key players, Taylor, they are tech folks. And they said, you know, in order to really make this thing work, it's got to become a tech deal, not just a, this is cute. And, uh, and she, to her credit, really pivoted and really went to blockchain. Um, and she formed a partnership with IBM Food Trust, who is the, the leader in the world um, with, uh, when it comes to blockchain um, and food. And, um, and they have worked really hard to create um, a real system and not only, Trey, is this, I mean, it's working on, certainly works from the time your calves drop on the, on the ground. They, they can track those, those things, but they're also working really hard um, on the ground itself. And they're, I mean, they've got incredible plots of land that they're showing, again, the soil organic matter and all of that that is going in, and then anybody who is who is doing things uh, in a regenerative way, as you said, and they're, to to get credit for that, yada yada yada. But but the real key, I I think the real key to it still remains that connection with the consumer. All this data is really great. I, it's all great, but you got to be able to connect with the consumer, and that's at its heart. That's what transparency wise is. That's what it does is it connects that consumer to real information about their fresh food products. And transparency wise, not only focuses on meat, but also focuses on seafood and produce and dairy um, as well. So so it plays right into Bion's sustainability story and traceability. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and again, that all of the, all of the, from a technology standpoint and all the CO2 and the, uh, pounds of fertilizer, all of that will be captured uh, on on the blockchain and, and will be available, uh, again, for you and I to figure out how we want to tell that story to, uh, to a consumer, uh, what information really is important there. But think about, think about the power of that for yeah. consumers who really care about sustainability. It's like, oh, my God. And there isn't anybody else who, who, who is doing it. I mean, again, there's lots of folks who talk about it. But this is this is real sustainability. Yeah, we we love that story. Our family's got a conception, a consumer model now, but we have a tough yeah. time tra- tracking it in between, and that that will fill in a lot of gaps that we have. And I tell customers all the time, how cool to be, you know, transparency wise has this stake, and you're a single mother in Seattle, and you go and get this ribeye and scan the QR code, and it takes you to the family in the Sand Hills that raised it. And then they teach you how to cook it and the recipes to do it. And then I love I love telling ranchers this because this speaks their love language. But I go and think of this. If they love their steak, there could be an option to even tip the producer. Yes. You know, how about, you know, here's a dollar for the wonderful steak. We love you guys. Ranchers love a pat on the back. And they absolutely. I mean, we all do. It's I mean, it's a it's our yeah. part of our part of our DNA that we want a pat on the back. And we don't have that ability today. And so that'd be really, I think producers would love that and do a better job at their product if they knew they were connected to the consumer to do it. Yeah. So Sarah actually stole that idea from, from IBM. Um, IBM is doing it with, uh, 
with a coffee product yeah. uh, somewhere way far away. And Sarah was like, what a great idea. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, the important thing, as you said, is the feedback. I mean, man, if I'm if I'm getting, uh, you know, a buck or five bucks or whatever it is, because somebody has just experienced the best steak in their life or I mean, it's like whatever. And but and then on the flip side, honestly, it's important if, if something isn't good, um, tell us. I mean, we want to know because because you can track that right back to the animal and 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 understand all of that, so that you can make whatever modifications you can. It so that over time, things get better and better and better. That's that's the beauty of this uh, of this whole system. That uh, and it, I think it is. It just it makes so much sense to do yeah. it this. And we we talked a lot about and then within our family about accountability and. There needs to be accountability all along the supply chain. But how are you held accountable if you're not connected? And how right. do you measure grow? How do you how do you grow and be better if you're not measuring improvement? Yep. And uh, this is a this is a long sought after answer for a lot of things, and not just along the supply chain. But uh, we're really really excited here in North Platte to be able to have the bull that sires the calf all the way through. Our family feedlot where we build, you know, we we have the grain and then show our sustainability story and actually have real data saying this is the carbon we've captured. This is the water we've regenerated. Um, It's I mean, we've come a long ways from the wagon or the wheel falling off the wagon on the Oregon Trail. uh, (laughs) But we're 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 proud to be a part of that and do that. And I think it's obviously the more guys. I meet like yourself, Bill, that are involved with large corporations and meet, you know, meet salesmen that deal with consumers and retailers. That's what they want to hear. They, they know we're sustainable. They, they know we're conservationists. No one takes better care of the land than a rancher. Yep. Prove it. Yep. It's all this. Or just, or just show it. Just show yeah. it. Verify it. And again, the technology exists today to do it. So, again, what I what I when we first met and we, when we first talked, you guys inspired me um, because you were all about that. You're all. And again, Trey, you remember, I'm not a cattle guy. And when I started down this road, I'm thinking, man, I wonder how many of these visits it's going to take before I take a shot to, you know, to the arm or, or whatever that these guys are not going to like this. And I've only had a couple of those those meetings I really have where people are like, are you crazy? This is stupid. This is, you know, it's gotta be, but I mean, by and large, I'm really impressed with how uh, feeders have responded. I mean, it's like, okay, uh, prove it. And we're, as you know, we're going to prove it. We're working uh, right now at uh, Fair Oaks Farms in, um, in Indiana. Um, and we're working to uh, um, to get a continuous flow through our technology. And after three months, we'll we'll prove to you and we'll prove to the financial community that this technology does exactly what we said it was going to do, if not more, um, as far as recovering and capturing all of those parts and pieces that uh, that we've talked about. And then and then we move forward and then we uh, and then we. We break ground. In the meantime, we need to be, and you and I have already talked about it. We're, we've got a lot of a lot of work ahead of us. Um, first, uh, uh, but 
the whole we've got we're breaking new ground not just not just for the buildings we're breaking new ground um in a lot of ways for example the the dairy industry has that um uh has the ci score that is attached to that digester and and whatnot you and i are going to be the first um to uh, to create a ci score for beef and just before you and i got on i was talking with jeremy from our team um, who's working with CSU on on this uh, very topic um, about about a CI score for your property because that that's what it comes down to is uh, is you know it's for that particular um, and that's that stands for carbon intensity by by the way okay but, I was just gonna say let's tell yep. our viewers what CI means yep. carbon intensity that's car- carbon intensity so the dairy industry's done a great job of lobbying. Um, over the years, and they've got a carbon intensity uh, score of somewhere from like a minus 250 to a minus 400, and the the, the lower the better. So again, it's um, what you and I have have uh, have been talking about for the last few months is a uh, is a minus 100, um, and we and that comes from lots of conversations we've had with various engineering firms and whatnot that we think that that's the number. But again, everyone is going to be dependent on um, on its location, on its proximity to water from a, you know, from a um, possible pollution. So all of that stuff gets worked into this. And it's a it's a it's a relatively long process, three or four months. Um, and it'll be expensive and all of that. But that's what that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to break new ground on this and we're doing it together, Trey. Yeah, it's it's exciting for sure. I've had a lot of phone calls from producers since our news release, a lot of feeders especially. But you you hit on it earlier about how how uh, progressive the feeders are being, um, yeah. you know, I, I didn't even know what a digester was till about two and a half years ago. And I, we got into the plant design and they're like, well, you're going to have a digester. I'm like, what's that? Yeah. And, so it's come a long ways in a hurry, too. I think in two and a half years, obviously, we're going to have buy-on barns uh, in the air. Yep. We're going to be collecting data. We're all going to have a CI score. And that sets the bar, right? And this yep. is where we need to be. We get a lot of pushback, especially CAFOs, right? Cattle and confinement. Right. Um, that's our largest carbon footprint in the cattle feeding industry. And this is the first time that we actually get to measure it and progress on it and our goal my goal as a family our goal is to be carbon net negative um I, and uh, that's not a proclamation I, I get into this a lot about politics and and the best line i've ever heard was do you believe in climate change the answer was absolutely yes it was negative 50 10 days ago and it's 40 today the climate changes every day but yep. i don't and this came from a Fortune 500 company, and they said, "But I don't know what causes it, but I do know it's my job to show that I am carbon net negative, and yeah. uh, and that's what we need to do as producers." And Bions kind of put the plow on the ground and put their money where their mouth is, and and also it create, you know, it, it makes a cattle feed yard, uh, the cattle are a byproduct in a feed yard. Yep, that's yep. a long ways off from the way Dad did it. Yeah, there's. I, I mean, think about the products that um, that you and I are going to be producing out of that feed yard. Again, you got the biogas, you got the solar, you got the. I mean, there's there's so many 
that fertilizer is going to be a one of a, a one of a kind. It's going to, and by that I mean there are certainly other fertilizers, but not coming out of your feed yard and not being completely dry, pelletized, transportable anywhere, used whatever. And and the reason why that's important, obviously, it's great if we can just use it in on your property or close proximity with some of your neighbors and whatnot. That's great, but. But when you and I want to max out on this thing from an economic standpoint, um, we need to market it and we need to be able to to get uh, as much as we can. And again, we're in the you and I are going to laugh five years from now when we look back and see what we've done um, and, and how what we're thinking today versus what this thing really becomes and how how we really tune it up and really get great at marketing um, these various products. And in, the, and in the meantime, we'll figure out other products um, to market. But for example, the data that, um, that, that we're talking about, um, it, you and I need to decide how we're going to market that because I've had some major companies um, reach out saying, oh, so how do we, uh, how do we participate in that and, and, and willing to pay a hell of a lot more for that stupid data than they are for meat. Uh, it's just shocking to me, but um, but we're going to come up with we're going to come up with uh, with some new things that, that we're not seeing. I, I was on the phone a couple of days ago with a group in Europe who wants the ammonia um, and um, and again that dry ammonia because they're all about hydrogen power and that ammonia is the best carrier that there is. Um, it's uh, it's easily transported as well as it compresses. It's it doesn't make and I'm that's the last thing I am as a scientist. It doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, but you can ship ammonia um, and store it a hell of a lot easier than you can um, just hydrogen. Um, so again, there's folks who are talking to us about about the uh, hydrogen um, and and wanting offtake agreements. For our ammonia uh, to ship to Eastern Europe. Um, so I, again, who knows? Who knows where you and I end up on this deal? But it, it's going to be fun. And again, I applaud you for um, you and Kurt agreeing to uh, to jump in and let's go do this. It's it just for me it makes all the sense in the world. Um, the technology will be proven. Um, we'll have uh, folks. The, uh, the the financial folks who have been investing in lots of other stuff for the first time can say, holy cow, I, I want to invest in agriculture. And even if it's associated with livestock, that's that's unheard of. And we're, we're going to break that new ground, too. So, yeah, that's definitely breaking the ceiling. I got to commend my father-in-law at this time. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I was pretty nervous about presenting this to him early on it's just so different and so out there um feeding cattle for a byproduct and i i said kirk do i have your undivided attention yes sir i do we were driving down the road i had all my stuff you know i had a whole uh, binder full of things and, and homework and i presented the deal in about five minutes he said i'm in i'm interested and uh that is that's incredibly rare in agriculture to stick yeah. your neck out and uh, say, I want to do this. And, and I know nothing about it, but I know it's important. And uh, yeah. and so that I, I commend him for that, because without him, I, we wouldn't be here today. I mean, so it's going to change our model incredibly. 
And uh, yeah. we're, we always say in agriculture, you know, the pioneer gets the arrow in his ass. Right. And, and uh, you, know, you know, we all came out here on a wagon train or somehow. And usually the we weren't we weren't the first guy. Usually, usually the guy at first yeah. guy wasn't there. So um, to to be innovative and and be progressive in agriculture is very very risky and dangerous. So uh, we're we're thankful for the opportunity and and so is he. So I, I don't know where it leads. Um, I think we got a good team and I think we answer a lot of questions that today are. Uh, you know, CAFOs have a, and cattle feeding have a very, very hard time um, answering. You know, what is your solution? So here's your carbon footprint. What's your solution? And today there is no answer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this if You know what's really cool about this, Trey, is that, is that we're, Vion is a waste treatment technology. That's what it is. I mean, that's, that's what the, that's what the technology is all about treating any kind of waste. Doesn't matter. And it does it incredibly well. And it, and again, I've got to give Dominic Rassani um, the real credit on this. When he he looked at it, and it, he's not a uh, he's not an ag guy, he's not a meat guy, he's not a cattle guy, he's a finance guy from New York. But he looked at this and said, "This system that they have is crazy. I mean, who can invest in this? I mean, it doesn't make." But the beauty is instead of just looking at, okay, let's apply this technology right here in the feed link of the beef value chain. Instead of doing that, let's look at the whole chain and how does it, how does it impact the whole chain? And again, I really want to start with the consumer. What's that consumer wanting? And let's, and, and in this case, when you talk about sustainability, transparency and better for you, um, I mean, you check all those boxes in, in with what we're doing. We check all those boxes that um, the better for you box has been checked for ever since meat was was first consumed. But uh, but but by the way, the consumer doesn't know that um, because why we in the industry have never told them that. I mean, again, that gets back to why we started transparency wise to begin with. It's like, well, OK, so this is high in protein. So what? Well, it, you kind of you need iron, uh, you need B6, you need B12, and now we've got a technology that could actually show people why. So why is that important? Uh, so on and so forth. So I'll shut up. I I, I get. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, so. For my viewers out here, uh, you know, they're they're very. It's very very common to have somebody on here that's very very passionate, and um, a lot of the times we have a 45 minute rule on this podcast because my editor thinks that we need to pack as much content as we can in it and very very rarely do we get off there in time because of the passion that people feel and once again i loved your comment earlier about the three p's right profit people and the planet and um, surround yourself with a good team that are passionate there's another p and uh, you'll, you'll get a lot of things done and my favorite elon musk quote is you know, even though the signs of, pro- of, of profitability are slim, um, if it's important enough to you, you'll see it through. And uh, yep. even though they, they asked him on a podcast, they're like, why are you wanting to go to Mars? He goes, because I really, really, it's very, very important to me. And yeah. even though the signs of him getting, the odds of him getting there are very, very slim, he's going to see it through and because he's important to him. And this is no different for us. Um, I've seen cattle feeders go through some horrific times um 
ups and downs in market and environment and weather and pandemics and droughts and floods. And it, the market doesn't care about your children and the market doesn't care about your bank note. And, um, and it's hard to get young talent back and retain young talent and cattle feeding. So who's going to do this in 20 years? This is a great answer for that. So I thank you. Um, I think I speak for a lot of cattle feeders. This is a long, long, long awaited answer for a tough question. And nope. uh, we talked about- By the about- way, I'm sorry. But, uh, by the way, um, you're the, the best quote that you gave, I, when we first met, I don't know if you even remember this, Trey, I was talking about that in my mind, this was the next generation of cattle feeding. And, and I was obviously talking about the business. I was talking about the technology. That's what I was referring to. And you spun it. Uh, and I, I really, I've, I've stolen it from you because I, I use it uh, in conversations I have now when you're talking about your generation, that this makes, this makes it possible. This makes it attractive for, uh, for the younger generations to stay in cattle feeding or to come back to cattle. That's, that's, that's the most important thing I think that, that we're doing. Um, so I, again, you, you came out with that at some point in our first meeting or two. And I, I just, that's a, that's brilliant. Uh, and that's really important. Yeah, it is. And we talk about multi-generational families all the time in all aspects. I don't care if you're a cow-calf guy, cattle feeder in the packing, you know, they're all shrinking and getting consolidated. And at the end of the day, there's nothing more proud than a dad that, you know, a son comes home and says, I want to do what dad did. But it's hard yeah. for me today as a cattle feeder to say, I want my son to do this. Yeah. And, and that's incredibly hard. So how do I, how do, how do I retain my children? But how do I make it not so awful? Like, uh, yeah. And this is the answer to that. And it's exciting. And uh, we talk about disruptive technologies and uh, you have, and you've shown me that, you know, Kodak to, uh, you know, smartphones and, you know, yellow cab to Uber and Blockbuster to Netflix and these Fortune 500 companies that didn't evolve and didn't adapt. And they got swallowed up because somebody did. And I, you can't see this. This is not going to be on video, but we are on Zoom. But behind Bill, it says somewhere someone is working oh. harder on your idea than you are and uh, yeah. i love that and that's true yeah. and that, that is adaption and evolution and uh, innovation and and something that agriculture needs to learn from so yeah that's yeah. what this is about it is it's awesome and i'm excited to uh to get after it with you and um and make it happen and again we're breaking new ground in a lot of ways so yep, that's right that's great. All right, guys. Most of the best podcast. Signing off, Mr. Bill O'Neill. You're awesome, buddy. Hope to have Thanks, you on again. Thanks, We'll be talking. Thank you.